recently interviewed a good friend and author, Dr. Daniel Friedman, who just published a new book entitled Leading Well from Within, which you can hear on Podcast 601. We discuss the science, stories, and practice of high-performance conscious leadership. Whether you lead others at work or as a parent at home, you'll discover new ways of thriving in your life, especially under stress, so you can make an even bigger difference in the lives of others. In short, when you learn to lead from within, you can lead well in the world. If you want to grow and lead from a higher level of consciousness, check out podcast 601 with Dr. Daniel Friedland speaking about leading well from within. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And I want to thank all of my listeners, Jill, as I do every time I get on one of these shows. I've been doing these 10 years and over 600 interviews with authors um, from around the world about their books, thought leaders, um, sharing just a little bit about what it is that they do, what they're passionate about. And today for my listeners, uh, Jill Willard is our guest. Um, she's out of Manhattan Beach, California, just a little bit south of Los Angeles, um, actually all in the, all the Los Angeles basin, to be honest with you. And she has a new book out called Intuitive Being, Connect with Spirit, Find Your Center, and Choose an Intentional Life. Jill, thanks for being on Inside Personal Growth. Thank you for having me, Greg. Well, I'm going to let my authors know just a tad bit about you. Mm-hmm. So Jill was born with a unique ability for predicting the future and intuiting the experience of others. In addition to giving readers uh, for clients, she's trained corporate executives, pro athletes, and other thought leaders in honoring their intuitive skills. Uh, Jill and her work have been featured in Goop, Vanity, Fair, Ellie, Women's Health, Well and Good, and Mind Body Green, among other publications. She's the co-founder of the Intuitive Meditation Center and lives in Manhattan Beach, California, with her husband and her three children. So, Jill, you know, intuitive, being intuitive or finding our intuition or, you know, the, all the things we talk about, finding our soul center, uh, listening to the voice within, all of these things that it's referred to is quite interesting. You state that intuition draws upon the creative side of our mind, that part that's connected mm-hmm. to all creation, also known as the feminine or the being side of our intellect. Now, there's got a lot of listeners out there today, Jill. And for those mm-hmm. male listeners, the ones that don't know it, you do have a feminine side. <laughs> okay. Yes, so you all do. Can, can you give an experience that you have personally had a story about mm-hmm. how you've tapped your intuition and the difference that it's made in your life and the feelings that you experience when you tap intuition? Yes. I will, for the male listeners, I'll use an old story. I, when I was young, was a soccer player, and I loved to swim as well. And I would tap into my intuition to know which way the goalie was going to go or to be able to read the field, which some would say, you're using a little, I'm using a little bit of my left side, which is true. But for the most part, I would learn to trust and kind of tap into the zone, which is what I think we're doing when we're using both sides evenly. And then I would score many goals that way. I've noticed that I do that same today with my children. When I get home, when I'm driving home, I open up my right side of my mind, the being side that can feel 
vast or like nothing, nothingness or a white slate sometimes. And then I just say, what's coming in? What am I going to go home to? And then I get home and I have a better sense of one child's needs or they're going to be tired or one got an argument with a friend at school and I'm more prepared. And then when I get home, it occurs. And this is almost like physics or quantum physics, many believe, but it's also me tapping into the creative or all that is. And I feel like at times a spirit or energy or the universe is giving me a prep or a little warning about what's about to occur as well. So it can happen where we achieve a goal literally, or it can also be where then we can read a situation we're about to walk into. And that feeling is actually calm, always calming and I feel stillness. And then sometimes my emotion will come in if it's something a little more dramatic. Like I've had a friend, I wake up in the morning and I knew she was going to miscarry that day and things like that. Sometimes it's so direct coming from that side of my mind that I as the person need to catch up and have an emotion about it later. But it's usually very calm and it helps me and helps all connect and helps me be a better person, show up and be more present for whatever the situation is, even a competition. Well, you know, it's interesting, Jill, is that you basically, you're an intuitive medium. At least that's how you've positioned yourself. You help others get in touch with their intuition. And, you know, this started for you young. You mentioned that your parents moved to from Europe to Northern California, Mm -hmm. that you love Mm -hmm. to connect in the outdoors, but that your parents Mm -hmm. were not the kind of parents that really talked openly about their feelings. Um, mm-hmm. And about yes. this time, you were very aware of your intuitive feelings, and you wish that you could have spoken more openly about your feelings with him. How important yes. is it for any of our listeners to be able to speak openly about their feeling, intuitive feelings they're having? Because I know mm. a lot of people bury this. You know, they, exactly. they basically go, oh, you know, I had this feeling and I didn't act on it or you know, I should have done this. And and then there's regret. And I think it's really important that not only if they're getting an intuitive feeling, that there's this level of discernment, Jill. So how do they know that it's the right thing? Yes. Oh, such a good question, Greg. So two quick steps. Well, they're not quick, but this is how I'll answer this. The first one is to be in touch with your feelings, period. The right side of the brain, what we call the being or the feminine side, is emotion and it's the connection to spirit or something of higher guidance system. So it's very important that we start saying how we feel. Even if a loved one says something and it triggers us, we can honor, I feel this, I am feeling this, not blaming, not putting the fingers out or the finger out, more just saying, this is how I feel right now. It's not good or bad. This is how I feel. So that's number one, because in the, in the simple or not simple as we get older, sometimes it's buried so deep, as you know, then all of a sudden we're having a deep feeling about something while we're at the grocery store, or we're just talking with a loved one. But if we can feel our feelings and then have let the energy move, let the emotion go move through. So that's crying, that's hitting pillows, that's going and finding water and throwing rocks. Um, anything we can do to move the energy, to move the feeling, or we're not putting, we're not putting it at a person. We're not putting it at a person. It's very important. We're putting the energy out in the world. That's step one. And then step two, find stillness, a little quiet space. And that can be in your bedroom. It could be in your car before walking into work. It could be while you're on the freeway, stuck in traffic, like we are here a lot in California. 
and then breathe more deeply so your feelings come up out of your heart, out of your lungs, out of your, your diaphragm. That really starts to create space in our literally physical being to start to be able to understand what have I buried, what's down there. And then from there, we, are very, we become more present. And then when feelings come in, especially intuitive feelings, we don't have, the, have all these walls and layers that they have to push through. That's where it gets really confusing. We feel more clear-headed, clear-hearted. And then when our intuition comes in with those fresh new ideas, the innovation, like you so wonderfully teach and talk about, the new ways of bringing things into earth and making them happen, not just having them be hypotheticals or stay in a dream, then that all occurs because we're clear. And that just also helps our body synergy, helps our health, keeps us feeling younger. So it's just a win-win across the board by doing these couple simple steps. Wow. Well, that's great advice for our listeners yeah. to kind of one just step to stop, be aware, um, mm-hmm. take some silent time, really mm-hmm. reflect on it. Know that it's a knowing and not a belief. Uh, exactly. I think you give us that that in, in your book as well. And, you know, you Thank speak you. about signs and synchronicity. And today is 11-11. And I've had 11 <laughs> appear in my life for... Mm-hmm. As many years as I can remember, every time I look at the clock, it's eleven eleven or it's one eleven. And I just recently did an interview with Robert Moss on Sidewalk Oracles, playing with signs, symbols, and synchronicities in everyday life. And mm-hmm. how do we determine that this is our knowing and applying discernment to these messages that we're receiving? You know, I know it, it, a lot of people may think that you and I are talking about woo-woo right now, but we're not. <laughs> we're uh, not. If you're aware, <laughs> those signs are all around you. Yeah. But you, if you're not aware, you pass them right by. And then if you do, you know, it's like I'm, I'm all my listeners, Jill, have probably had a deja vu at one point, right? Oh, yes. Um, yes. But when I ask you this question, I guess the key here is as an intuitive what could you tell them so that they know more to not only pay attention to these signs and synchronicities, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. like your book came. We were talking about it before. I'll say <laughs> her book was stuck at the bottom of a box that the, that the publisher <laughs> had with three other books. And here I am writing a book on intuition to innovation. And I'm going, what an awesome interview this is going to be. Right. Mm-hmm. So tell my listeners, if you would, Jill, uh, how do we get more discerning about all this? So how we get more discerning is a little bit like what we talked about earlier. We really need to wash our waters. No matter how old we are, we've had a lot of experiences that are little pins in the brain, and they're in there. And if we can start to connect to our more internal life, like we were talking about, and get some of that cleared out, we leave a lot of room. I often call it the rocks in the stream. Pull those rocks out, because those rocks are usually ego or old hurt, and we will never understand the signs coming at us completely or all around us if we have those rocks in the stream because we'll be jaded or we'll be too much in that part of our mind, the left side that's more competitive or in fight or flight because it's fearing. It has old, we have old pains. So that's a big part to really recognize first. Then I often say to a lot of people, including children, look up more. Look up more to the sky when you're walking. Look straight forward. Look more in people's eyes and you will get, your body knows, your brain is so bright. It already has the intuitive part in it and you'll read so much more information. 
but we're looking down a lot. We're closing our eyes. We're not in intimate contact. So we're having space between us on the internet over text. And, and I do, I'm able to read between the lines. So texts often are easy for me unless there's someone very close to me where I let my emotion in. Then I have to back up, go directly to the source, look in their eyes, look up again. So we all have those moments. But if we are not clearing what's internal, if we don't go into our internal life, then we will never read what's going on outside because we'll project, we project from that inner space. And then we'll cast opinion on things and that's never our intuition. That's our opinion. That's our old story that we're projecting onto someone else, even in the media or in politics or whatever we're doing. We want to blame an outside source for our internal issue or our internal strife. Sorry, that's the bell here. Move over here. <laughs> it just gave me an amen. <laughs> That's wonderful yep. advice. Yeah. And I think for our listeners that looking up from your cell phone, I mean, I, I look at people today and I go, oh my God, you know, they're walking around the streets, walking into poles, getting hit by cars, all kinds of crazy things going. I think, Jill, your advice about just letting the electronics go, looking up, looking into people's eyes, being focused and paying attention, you know, um, I find even doing these podcasts when I don't often see the other person on the other end, but I hear the voice, it takes extra special attention not to be distracted. And I think today people can be distracted by so many things. Now you speak about the four aspects of being that we naturally Mm -hmm. lean, that we need to naturally lean toward. Uh, and relying and believing in two of those aspects over the others. Can you tell us about the four aspects and give an example of how we might lean more heavily on these two aspects of our being? Oh, absolutely. So the four aspects of being are similar to what we've talked about before is the four bodies. So some people like it as aspects and some understand it a little more literally. So the four aspects would be physical, emotional, Uh, intellectual or mental, but I say intellectual and spiritual aspects of self. So physical, emotional, intellectual, spiritual, we all have them. We're all born with them. And that's our whole pie. So we think about, think of it two ways. We're a fourth each of these aspects and they're all very important, but also to be 25% focused on physical, 25% focused on emotional, 25% focused on intellectual, 25% focused on spiritual. Spiritual is not organized religion. That's actually more left brain. So those are four aspects of being. We're an article. And then you think about it, two of the aspects are more left brain, the physical and mental or intellectual, and two are more right brain, emotional or spiritual. So in our culture, in our culture for a long time, and a lot of the world focuses more on the masculine side, which sometimes people call the old patriarch. So we're overdone in physical and mental stimulation, our school systems, our healthcare systems, our family structure, very patriarch, very more on that. With that, we lose complete intimacy. We lose our imagination. We lose what we feel like doing creatively because we focus since we are little boys and girls on only that, uh, only the side of us of achieving or doing good or being bad. And then from there, that whole side of us, the emotional and spiritual, is lost. And that really is more of the feminine and the mother elements and whatnot. What happens from there, even for a lot of women, is we've been stuck in physical and mental. If you look at any imagery, when people disagree with me, say, go look on the internet of women or men at all ages. Go look on where we put our money. 
and it's all in celebration of physical feet, mental feet, and it's often at the cost of someone was better than someone else, someone was stronger, someone had more numbers, or someone on the exterior level of what they looked like or what they thought were celebrated. And then the right side, or with a more physical or, emo- or excuse me, more emotional or spiritual aspect, in our culture and in many cultures, if a female is that way or a male, they're known as being soft, a bleeding heart, mm-hmm. uh, pie in the sky, head in the sky, right? They can't hold a job or whatever it is, or they're just known as too sappy, too weak, not the head of the household, and or, and they can't and they don't feel that people don't feel they can trust them that they won't get deeds done or their commitment served, which is true. So we don't want to be heavy, top heavy or top heavy or side heavy in either side, because then we are just not, it's actually, I compare it a lot to the second energy center of relationships. Then we're too much in our masculine, but we're too much in our feminine and then we can't connect. So it's just really evening out that infinity sign about 50, 50 by age 13, we should have this imbalance. But our culture hasn't helped us have strong, stable roots on both sides and then formed relationships where that give and take is happening. That emotional intelligence is as important in schools. Now it's just becoming so. So we've all, all our listeners, including myself, came from generations all the way through the millennials where it was top heavy or side heavy. And we're just now addressing it. And I love that you're addressing it, Greg, because we need both sides to feel full and whole and happy. Right. So because if we're too physical, mentally top heavy or side heavy, then depression hits, mania, passive aggressiveness, um, loneliness, all of that, because we're not in connection. So we're finally realizing that. Well, and I think that you, the way you've done it, you've given people, you have a chart that you have in the book and it helps people identify with all uh, four of those elements, which we know we have. The key is creating balance in each one of those. I like the fact that you use 25 per, but leaning a little bit more toward uh, that right side of the brain to get to the intuition. Now you've identified seven energy centers, starting with the root and going all the way to the crown. And you know, most people Mm -hmm. say, okay, well, Jill, that's all about, you know, my chakras, right? And you can explain the various energy centers and how they're related to us being more aware of our intuition. Obviously, when you meditate and you can get in touch with the higher source and your crown chakra starts to kind of pop and you start seeing colors, vibrant colors, uh, you obviously know you're making that connection. Um, and I guess the question is, is you've, you've created kind of a pathway here. You talk all the way from the root to the crown. Speak about the importance of these uh, centers and how it helps us get in touch with our intuition. You got it. And this is one of my favorite questions, I think, as you know, because we open up our intuition, which it really is a part of the brain or the wiser eye or third eye or the prefrontal cortex, whatever we, whatever we think intuition is or in the center of the brain, wherever we think it is. It's very important that we do not open it without being very grounded and rooted because we can go into psychoses. We can really think we're having deja vus when we're not. We can, there's just a lot in the brain that can happen if we're too high, as we know. It's similar to taking a, a, a drug than taking it too often. So we really need to be rooted. So starting at the first energy center, I talk about the main seven. Some people think there are a lot more all around our body or in our aura. But the main seven are known throughout history to really get life force or breath 
chi energy for some of you to really start to move. So we have to have them open so that life force can move up and down or through us like a rubber band or up and down head to toe, however we believe it occurs. So it needs to be open because this is how we'll fuel and be in touch with our intuition. I have chills saying this because it really activates our intuition in this powerful, fun, and also serious way. So the root is very important. It's the first years of life. And think of our body as being masculine and feminine side. It really does go back to what's in our DNA, what happened in our early years, even if we don't quite remember them. And just, if did we feel grounded? Did we feel secure? Were our basic needs met? Now, here in the U.S., many will say, I had a roof over my head, I had food, but I was so unhappy growing up. And that's why I admitted about my family, because we had a lovely home, and my parents, of course, did the best they could. At the same time, there was not an emotional capacity in our household, and I was born so open in this. My poor parents, you know, I really wanted to connect to the realness or the real things that were going on, the real feelings that we were having, or I was witnessing in them. A lot of your, a lot of the listeners have had the same thing. They can think back. They were little and they know, hmm, mom's not happy today. Dad's not happy today. But if you think past it, did they tell you? Probably not. There's a lot of military and war-based thinking of we can't show our emotion. You know, there's a lot of that structure going on where women and children were not seen and heard. So your mom, mom, a mom couldn't say what she really felt for the fear of not being taken care of by the mate or society because our communities also shunned really saying how you felt. You know, let's look pretty in Sunday school or at church, but not go past that. So those first seven years of life are the base of our tree of our beingness. And I honestly believe that is where so much disharmony, old memory, um, old programming, old conditioning happens that is so lodged deep in our psyche when we didn't even know we had memory yet or we didn't know what we were experiencing. So we're all coming from an interesting root. And that's where I think the structure, even our political system, what we've seen is very young energy being stuck down in there and we're not addressed going all the way back because it's hard, especially if you're older, going back through a lot of layers. So the first seven years of life are our roots. Then we come up into the second energy center and that's where pleasure organs are. It's really about the beginning of creativity. What did you like to do when you were young that when you were seven, eight, you were good at at school or you got accolades for all the way up to about 13, 14. It's our pleasure, of course, with our sexuality, our sexual organs there. So it's also joy. What's our relationship to pleasure and what's our relationship to each other? That can be to emotions. That can be to hormones. It can be to shopping. It can be to alcohol. Addiction is all in the second energy center. It can be to when someone tells you how they feel, how do you react? Do you act or react? All that is there. So by the time we're 13, 14, in some cultures we're known as adults. We can have children actually physically, but I believe we're very stuck there. So we're not moving through evening out the second energy center very well. And then we have a very strange relationship with pleasure and joy. So then the third energy center is known as the gut or the stomach. And the second energy center is very important for intuition, Greg, as you well know, because creativity is imperative and very connected to intuition. By the time you get all the way up into the sixth energy center where your third eye is, it's higher creativity. So for all that innovation that I can't wait to read and what you're teaching everyone, it's so important that you connect it to joy, to creativity, to knowing what you're good at. And that started when you were very young, just your innate natural being. What did you want to do? Did you want to be a carpenter, but you were told to go into law? Did you want to be a dancer, but you were told not to, to be a teacher? All of that, get back into that 
creativity that you knew and how you expressed it. That second energy center. And the third energy center, because I mentioned the second energy center again, very connected to our worth and our power. So by the time we're in high school, can we just execute what we know to be true, what we're going to contribute to the community or society? Usually by that, it's high school and we have parents teaching us what college to go to, peers saying, where are you guys going? And there's just a lot more outer than inner. This is what I want to do, which would balance out the community and also teach you. I listen to my, I listen to my creativity and it's starting to work. I'm executing what I'm good at. And a lot of humans are stuck there. So they take a job under a high power CEO and they feel like the small person or a woman or a man stays too long in a relationship because they're codependent. It's all because they're not in their gut which is really the beginning of the opening of the higher intuition, trusting the gut. Where are those signs? It's all in your belly. By the time you're 21, this should be well on fire. And really, you know, this is what I want to do. So, or this is who I want to be. And we can always go back and say, whoops, I didn't do that for many years. Now I'm going back and knowing my gut and I'm going to go in a whole new career. I'm going to create something I never have before. So that's the gut. Now, the first three energy centers are known as earthly or ego. So they're very much about the I or the me, and that's okay. As long as then by the time, whenever we can, we get into the fourth energy center, which Buddha and Jesus and so many beautiful mystics and saints and leaders, Nelson Mandela, talked about Maya Angelou. Can we get up to the heart where we all know we're one? And that really can occur in maturity by the time we're 26 to 28 years old. But energetically, our culture's behind once again. So it's okay if we're much older. We haven't come into that oneness. The oneness is important because then we know the worth of myself and the worth of all people. And we don't need to compete in such a way where someone gets more, someone gets less. We realize we're all brothers and sisters. And I taught this a lot after the election, because although the election was hard, especially being a woman and just certain aspects of myself, that we were in meditation saying we need to just completely bring love in our actions. It doesn't mean you have to love the president. It means you have to come in a loving way a balanced way and make choice, right? Make choice what you say and do and what you don't say and do, what you're going to put out in the universe, what you're going to help shift, right? So then well, fifth energy hopefully, center, go ahead, please. Hopefully yeah. you have the opportunity to transmute those elements of his personality, which are still very childlike. And I think, you know, when people look at, that, they, they look at Donald Trump, they actually realize that, you know, there is a soul that's on a path. And I think, you know, we're if we can send light and energy to him, I think the quicker that it will happen uh, because we're definitely going to do that. So instead of being against, let's be for. Um, let's not get hung up in the againstness of everything. Let's get up in the forness because as, as souls, we're better than that. We don't need to um, have that animosity and that anger and that frustration. I know that it wasn't a lot of people's choice, but the reality is it, it is what it is and we need to make the best of it ourselves. So um, Exactly. And create a new now, right? Exactly what you're saying. And and our political system and even the candidates often were acting in junior high. Right. But lingo and whatnot. That was second energy center. Right. right. So yeah, instead of casting out, look what maybe ways we are each in our second energy center transmute that then you're going to help the president you're going to help our nation we all know it's not about one person this black and whiteness that the president has all to say it's just not true so just step back from that that's in our root and that's very tough to break 
Go ahead. You, you say that when we reach the sixth energy center, and I know we skipped a few, but I think for my listeners, they can actually, they need to get your book, read about these energies. But the sixth one is yes. important. And you say it's knowing with our whole being that we're aware of the third eye. You state that when our intention is online, I love that. I love that term. That when intention is online, it, it or intuition is online, it is a whole body experience. For you, who's uh, who's an intuitive, a um, intuitive, uh, what does it feel like, and how do you recommend people have more of those experiences? And more importantly, as important, I should say, how do they tune it in? How do they tune exactly. in to that sixth energy center, uh, sixth energy center, that knowing with their whole being, that awareness of that third eye? What are you going to recommend? Exactly. So I recommend it really is like the warmest bath or your favorite swim out in the clearest blue water. I mean, that really is when intuition comes in, it's like the seas part and this knowing comes in like you got the 101 straight from God. It really is this voice or energy that comes in that's clear as a bell. That's actually peaceful because it's showing how to align things. You know, even if it's a tough situation, even if it's an accident on the side of the road, there's um an equipment or equipping that intuition gives you of here's what to do next. And it's very centering. It's like if you're, at, you're listening to your favorite classical music in a way, it's very centering and it's very wise. So it feels like maybe you had a grandparent or you listen to someone speak and you're like, oh, they just feel so warm to my heart and they just speak to me. That is the same exact feeling of when we get our intuition. And also, I, I tease, sometimes it feels orgasmic because then when your ideas come in, like the idea for a meditation company or even this book, you just can't wait to do it. It's like if you celebrate Christmas or your birthday when you were younger and you're like, this is the day. It's that same exact feeling, which is the fountain of youth or we joke spiritual Botox. It just gives you this peace. <laughs> like you've been in a spa for three days. It really does. In the flash of an eye it's almost like you feel like you've arrived like you understand the it factor of your favorite person out out in the world that's the same feeling it's the zone so it's like the some of you who like to enjoy watching sports it's the quarterback who throws the gorgeous pass in the end zone it's the the person who makes the shot with 50 million people watching it's that exact feeling it's chance favoring the prepared mind i often say louis pasteur it's the kind of sliding doors coming together of against all odds look what just happened and that gives you that energy to then push it through because afterwards some work can have to happen you have to practice you have to create and there's moments of course where you're like this does not feel euphoric but you keep going because you have this inner well it's like the, like the first time you fell in love very same feeling and hopefully are still feeling that way about your love it's that loving warm this is great and to end the energy centers that throat energy center is so important because breath calming mm -hmm. opens up the mind as we know just in science so the heart of course supports this is what i need to do this is what i know to do but then the throat just breathing more balancing the thyroid balancing your thoughts or getting them out on paper or in breathing exhaling out anger throwing rocks like we talked about into water gets your mind clear and calm so then then you're letting the intuition drop in and then experience that warm feeling 
Well, Jill, it has been an honor having you on our show and spending some time with my listeners. For my listeners, the book is called Intuitive Being, Connect with Spirit, Find Your Center, and Choose an Intentional Life. Um, She also can be seen on goop, G-O-O-P.com. You can read blog entries there. She's featured there. Um, Her website is Jill Willard, J-I-L-L-W-I-L-L-A-R-D.com. We are going to invite Jill back again for another uh, session because I didn't actually get an opportunity to speak with her about what I all the things I wanted to speak with her about. But I also know, Jill, that my my listeners' attention span is about 30 minutes. So I, I yes. also know, yes. you know, when can they, you know, how much of it can they take? Um, yes. But lovely, lovely opportunity to meet you telephonically. Uh, I know that we are definitely going to meet personally, uh, get an opportunity yeah. to share some some real connection and energy, and a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth. Again, for my listeners, Jill Willard, the book is called Intuitive Being, Connect with Spirit, Find Your Center, and Choose an Intentional Life. Uh, thank you for your your words of wisdom and your words of intuition. Thank you. Thank you Thank all, to all your listeners for listening, a key trait in understanding our intuition. So thank you all for listening. It's great. I know it can be an, an exercise in muscle. 